4: It's Jim Kramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
2: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Kramer and David Faber. Welcome to Q3 earnings season as j and Morgan, Delta and BlackRock are first out of the gate. Plenty to break down there. And we'll also get set for Apple's iPhone event and Amazon Prime Day. Our roadmap, though, is going to lead with earnings season. Big banks and loss provisions are in focus. JPM
0: and Citi are higher pre-market. J&J is hitting pause on its COVID-19 vaccine trial. Why? Well, because of potentially an issue. We'll we'll be examining that. Uh, And as well, also reported earnings, by the way. Shares are moving uh, a bit higher. Amazon also boosting. uh, Well, going up, of course. And Apple, man, you've seen them both. Over the last day and this morning, perhaps no exception. Later today, we get uh, the Apple phones. Prime days kicked off, Carl. It is a big day. And as it was for yesterday, in terms of the stocks.
2: Uh, indeed, uh, David, as we're within 2% of all time highs on the SP, trying to get back to the September highs, Jim. But. I wonder if you think the lead this morning, are these
4: loss provisions, especially
2: at J.P. Morgan?
4: Well, look, I, I, I am surprised positively. I mean, I think that what's happened is uh, people aren't spending, they're not borrowing. Uh, credit card losses, fine. I mean, small business loans, I, I don't know where the people are that they're not suffering. Uh, this is, it's not a happy day to so hear again. It's just maybe J.P. Morgan is landing better. Now, I will say this, and David knows this. There will be a call that goes on simultaneously when then we talk about it. And that call is going to take the wind out of our sails, David, if we say something really positive, because there'll be one comment and there'll be some comment that comes out in that call. And this has happened again and again, which has made us pull in our horns. I'm frantically trying to figure out which one they're going to say that is not great. Uh, I do my background call with City City's quarter looks amazing. And you've got the seventy one dollar ninety five cent book value and it's scrubbed book value. But that seems to be impossible. So, David, you know, in this day of days that you and I always dislike because we're going over these quarters. There's something in these numbers that someone will not like. And that is typically sent J.P. Morgan down. And city with
0: it. It has not been able to uh, keep a lead. That's for sure. Uh, Neither one of the stocks, even during earnings days. You say. I remember the last last quarter. It appeared that they were both quite strong, but they did not uh, stay strong in terms of the stock market. At least, Jim. To your point, sometimes it is comments on the calls, as you say, that perhaps are more concerning. We don't know what's coming. We don't, and they They don't. don't, uh, When it comes to. uh, to future provisions for loan losses. But that said, I mean, J.P. Morgan's actually releasing a lot of reserves. The provision came in well below what had been anticipated. The weakness that you've been concerned about has not showed itself, not showed. That it wouldn't seem, on the consumer or even on the corporate front. Not that we were expecting that much there. It's just not there, Jim. Not to mention, of course, deposits are extraordinary. <laughs> 28 percent. 28 percent at JP Morgan and I think what was it, 1617 at at City? I think uh, Yeah it's I mean amazing.
4: people aren't spending and therefore their balance sheets are getting better. That's something I did not count on. Uh that there and one of the reason I didn't count on it, and Carl, I want to make this clear. Is the Fed scared the. Scared the, the living daylights out of me. Uh, one of the things that they have said is, listen, you can't buy back stock, no dividend boost. And they ignored what may be happening to banks because they did not want to repeat of 2007, 2008. I did not ignore what they said. I, I say, OK, listen, if they're so nervous, they've seen this uh, and they either haven't seen it or they're ignoring it. Um, this is a, this is the kind of thing. If you're a Republican center, right now, I think you can go, say, to uh Secretary Mnuchin, what do you need here? I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, this is, these are banks that are doing better than ever. So it's ammo well, in favor yeah. of no stimulus.
2: Although, Jim, uh, in the slide deck this morning, uh, J.P. Morgan's macro forecast, their base forecast for unemployment, let's say, this is not for this fourth quarter, but a right. year from now, 7-3. Uh, GDP in fourth quarter of next year, minus 2-4. Uh, so maybe that's what they mean when they say that these loss provisions or the reduction of loss provisions is not reflective of a change in economic view.
4: Look, it's absolutely true. And that's something they've been saying. Jamie Dimon was quoted this weekend. Mm-hmm. Listen, there's no turn until 2021. Uh, I guess what I'm looking at, I'm looking at a snapshot and the snapshot is a good one. But if they're going to go on and say, listen, before you get too excited Let's just let's just level each other. The, the economy's not going to where it was a year ago, so therefore we've got to be ready. Then David, even though they released a lot of reserves, you have to question what that was about.
0: Well, you got to do it based on what you're seeing, right, Jim? Right. I mean, you can't. The uh,
4: snapshot. Yeah. The snapshot's positive.
0: Uh, and to to Carl's point, though, they do third quarter twenty. You know, were, uh, fourth quarter twenty one seven point three. So, that's their sort of where they are in terms of their base case outlook on, on unemployment. But you got to make your decisions. Um, they're keeping up the fortress balance sheet, right? Well,
4: yeah, they got no, return no, on, ca- totally, they were, it's got it's
0: return on equity center. back yeah. to the 15% it was in the first quarter of the year, after, of course, dipping substantially in the second quarter. It's right back to where, where they started the year. Uh, return on, uh, on tangible common equity also more or less right back to where it was in the first quarter.
4: Well, look, I, I, you have to like the quarter. I mean, if you don't like the quarter, then you, you just you'll never like a bank stock. But uh, if, the, if the outlook is not so great, uh, then it's not so good. Look, you know, we're leaving. We, we have to remember what Citi did. Citi had a very good quarter. And again, Citi's losses were, were not bad. Strong capital. A, a tackle a tier one capital ratio of 11.8. That's much better than you need to be. Tangible book value increased 4%. They're not allowed to buy any shares. Even though the tangible book value is I haven't seen this level of tangible book value to actual where the stock is since the days of the saving and loan crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Where you would come in and say, hold oh, a Cal Feds at 80, but the stock's at 12
0: savings and loan crisis of the late 80s is what you're talking about. Yeah. Basically, every every bank in the state of Texas went goodbye. Right. some. I mean, I remember covering that. Um Jim, their allowance for credit losses was $26.4 billion at the end of the quarter. That's 4% of total loans, and that compares to what was $12.5 billion a year ago, or 1.82%. So that does give you some sense. That's, that's city percent high. That's city, and that's where high. they stand right now. 4% I mean, of total loans is where they have their allowance
4: for credit losses. Look, and you know, during the 2008-2009 uh, period, that would be way too high you would be very worried about.
0: But at Citi, it's much more about the change in management, isn't it? It's much more about what Jane Frazier is going to do uh, as the leader of that bank.
4: Yes, and how uh, much they have uh, to spend on risk controls. And how much
0: they have to spend on risk controls. It's not necessarily about one quarter, certainly.
4: No, but at the same, you know, no, you're absolutely right, that, but the tangible book value is good. Look, is Citi as good uh, not with that number, David, that you just mentioned, versus J.P. Morgan? Right. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, business is good in terms of all the different segments that we like, right? I mean, trading. I mean, this cuts very positively for Goldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it cuts very positively for Morgan Stanley, which has got no risk. But nobody seems to want to give Morgan Stanley the credit, even though they buy anything that doesn't have any risk. What do you think back of America on this, David? Would well, you make a projection?
0: was J.P. Morgan did upgrade Morgan Stanley. They resumed it. it sorry, a good yeah, an very overweight good today,
4: Yeah. I, I like bit, that piece very way. much. I mean, there are a lot of upgrades today. Carl, today is a day where if you decided, you know what, I'm going to spend some time looking at our stock market, you're going to have to spend about, about five days because there's just – these are more complicated. We're going to get to quarters like a, a Boeing, where you could say Airbus not so good off a of Delta. But you're going to, we're going to get to some quarters that are a lot easier than these. And these are all one-liners. There'll be a liner which just says, now, just be aware that the last day was bad. I David, you know, I'm not saying they obfuscate. I am saying that they're perfectly willing to punch holes into their own documents. They
0: are. And I always say, wait for the 10-Q. Wait for the filing. Go through it if you really care. Because you can't rely on press releases. No, definitely not. Carl? Well, to Jim's point, we're going to get to to a lot more of the upgrades. Micron,
2: Hilton, Marriott, uh, Ford, Foot Locker. Uh, Diamond making more comments about buybacks and return to work. And when we come back, uh, the other big earnings story of the morning, and that's Delta. Ed Bastian will join us when Squawk in the Street continues.
5: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt. Or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
2: Delta out with its quarterly results. Let's get to Phil LeBeau with a special guest. Hey, Phil.
3: Carl, let's bring in uh, Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta Airlines, joining us from the company's headquarters in Atlanta. Uh, Ed, you guys reported a loss of $3.30 a share on an adjusted basis, a little worse than what analysts were expecting. But almost everybody is saying, look, throw out the results from the Q3 in terms of whether or not it meets expectations. The bottom line is you guys Mm -hmm. are still burning through cash on a daily basis. Paint a picture of what you're seeing right now when you look at not only your business, but the airline business?
6: Well, good morning, Phil. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, 80% reduction in revenues in the third quarter makes for a very, very difficult uh, set of numbers, a tough quarter. But that said, if you look through the numbers, you certainly can see the impact of the pandemic, but we can also see real encouraging signs of improvement in things that we can control. Uh, demand, uh, demand was down uh, 80%. Uh, so we're at 20% recovery levels in the third quarter. The second quarter, at the peak of the pandemic, we are at 10% versus 19. Third quarter, we're at 20%. We expect the fourth quarter to be somewhere between 30 and 35% of the fourth quarter numbers. So steady improvement. It's slow but clearly consumers are getting more confidence in travel. One of the reasons for it is the great job our team's doing with respect to instilling confidence and the comfort with respect to their travel experience. Our net promoter scores, our customer satisfaction scores are at all time highs in our our company's history. And when you think about what that means going into 2021, there's real momentum that we're seeing starting to be built. The cost cost story is also a really good story for Delta. We were able to eliminate over 50% of our total cost in the third quarter, same as we did in the second quarter. But even more impressively, in the fourth quarter coming up, our total unit costs are actually going to be flat to down versus 2019 levels, despite the fact that we have 40% less capacity flying. And you put all that together, what it means for December month, we expect our cash burn to get down to about $10 million a day, which is about the pace we see in the fourth quarter, $10 to $12 million. And we have real good line of sight to getting to cash flow break-even and cash flow positive in the spring. So you put that that. that story in place. You put that story in place, Phil. You think, yep. think about it, in a 12 month cycle from the start of the pandemic to turning cash flow positive, I think it's actually a pretty encouraging story.
3: Absolutely, people are encouraged that you can see uh, at least you have line of sight in terms of when you think uh, you'll hit break even, which you guys have said will be in the spring. But admittedly, you're in the midst of what's going to be perhaps the toughest five-month stretch here because Q1 is always a rough month for the airline industry. N- nobody's quite sure what you're going to get for the holidays, especially if there's another spike in COVID-19 cases. What is your outlook? for the holidays. Are you perhaps dialing it back a little bit given the fact that we are seeing this spike in cases?
6: Well, you know, there's never been a time in our history that we've had more uncertainty. But that said, our early advanced look for Thanksgiving and Christmas is encouraging. Uh, consumers are wanting to travel. They feel confident in travel. One one of the things about air travel, Phil, that people need to know get to get the facts, uh IATA, the International Aviation authority came out last uh, week said over a billion people have traveled by air this year over 1 billion there's only been 44 documented cases of suspected covid transmission amongst those billion and virtually all of those happened in the early weeks of the pandemic in January through March before any of the protocols masks were not in place all the things that we've implemented since so consumers are feeling really safe with travel it really gets down to what the experience will be when they land? Will the hotels be in in place? Will the restaurants be open? What's the the condition of the virus in the in the local communities? But as more medical uh, technologies and, and solutions come to bear, as rapid testing comes to bear, I think going into the the uh, the seasonally difficult months, as you suggest, may actually be counter seasonal, and people will start to travel this winter at a higher relative clip than they've done in prior years.
4: Uh, Ed, Jim Cramer. Uh It's stunned, stunned. 19 people uh, since the pandemic. 19 people sick. Uh, There there are many more people sick in an office building. And yet this is the first time I've heard these numbers uh, from an airline executive. I don't get it. I mean, why not just say, listen, we've got mass. We have great systems. The airflow is incredible. We're safer than wherever you are. We're safer than a restaurant. We're safer than an office building. I find that I have had to defend you more than you defend you. What the heck is going on?
6: I, I agree with you, Jim. We've been, we've been saying it, but candidly, I, I don't think people have been wanting to hear it. Uh, and it's been uh, a question of you know, the, the airline industry has had to get uh, a renewed set of confidence. This need to get the experts to opine on what we're seeing. Uh, we're in the midst of a, of a pretty significant study with the Harvard Public Health School, which is telling us the same thing, confirming the same fact that the, the risks of transmission aboard our aircraft are absolutely minimal. So what I think we've got to get, Jim, is we need to get the economy moving, we need to get businesses reopening we need to get to a place where people start to feel confident in when they arrive at a destination they have something to do not just that the air travel itself is going to be safe yeah
4: couldn't agree more that is a huge problem now how about this uh, uh number of routes that are that are uh losing money that you can chop in order to be able to make it so that your cash flow is better and how about this idea that you don't need new planes
6: well, our capacity in the fourth quarter is down 40 percent, so we've already eliminated a significant amount of those loss-making routes. It's going to take some time before, before you know, in, into the spring, early part of next year before we start to see uh, profits and, as well as cash flow uh, positive results. But the reality is, is that this is going to take some time. But you think about it, if we can get to that point in 12 months' time, it's pretty remarkable from the start of the pandemic.
2: Hey, Ed, my question—it's Carl. My question is not about cutting roots, but adding roots. Uh, Southwest going into O'Hare yesterday—something that they've admitted has been on their wish list for a long time—looks pretty opportunistic. Uh, do you see yourself doing s- something similar in certain markets?
6: Well, we're restoring uh, key service to our markets. As you know, we're big in uh, the the the. the um, uh, coastal markets in New York, and Boston, L.A., Seattle. We want to get those markets back up. The demand, frankly, has been uh, more uh, impacted in those markets than it has been in the interior of our country, the mountain states, uh, the south, the demand's been really strong. So we're going to where the demand is. Um, we, we've, got a, we've got a great playbook uh, as to what works here. And as consumers start to get ready to go, you know, they know what Delta can deliver them. And again, I want to give a big shout out to the Delta team, the great work they're doing because customer satisfaction, uh, our net promoter scores are at 75. That's over 20 points higher than we've ever seen in our history. So consumers are telling us they're enjoying the experience. The evidence is it's very safe to fly. And um, more and more people are itching to get out. And every week we see continued improvement in those numbers.
3: Ed, it's Phil again. You've got $21.6 billion in liquidity. At least that's what you ended the third quarter with. Uh, how many months out does that, does that cover you? Is that just to when you believe you get to break even? And, and uh, uh, related to that would be the other question is, are you fairly confident that you've done all the borrowing that you need to get through this? Or do you sense that there may need to be more borrowing?
6: we're in pretty good shape on liquidity, Phil. Uh, Against that $21 billion that we have at the end of September, we only have about $5 billion of maturities due through the end of next year. So as a result of that, uh, we're in pretty good shape uh, liquidity-wise. If we get to, as we expect to get to, cash flow positive by the uh, spring, we're actually going to start to pay that debt level down.
3: And one last question for you, Ed. You've uh, capex being cut by two billion dollars as you push out delivery of some new aircraft what happens with the airbus a220 you guys were essentially going to be the first ones to fly the first a220 which is rolling off the lines uh for airbus in alabama do you plan to take delivery of that plane this year or is that being pushed out what's the plan there
6: We've already taken delivery of the new 300. Uh, we there took it go. last month, and we expect to be fl- we expect to be flying it this quarter. So, uh, Airbus is a great partner, and they worked uh, very collaboratively with us over the next couple of years to push out and defer uh, orders into the back end of the cycle. Uh, but we feel good about where we stand on our order book, and uh, we look forward to getting getting you out on that 300. I would love to, and I'd love to get back out on the road. Come back down and. Uh, To Atlanta and and see
3: you again. Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta Airlines, joining us exclusively here on Squawk on the Street on a day, guys, where, yes, they reported a loss of $3.30 a share in the third quarter. But as we said earlier, everybody knew that it was going to be a bad quarter. I think the focus right now is when did they get back to break even? And you heard him there saying they're targeting spring for getting back to break even.
2: Phil, great stuff, as always. Our thanks to you and Ed Bastion of uh, Delta. That's our Phil LeBeau. We'll take a break here. We'll get to some of the upgrades and downgrades that we mentioned before the bell, as we had a pretty nice day yesterday giving some of that back, but not all. Uh, And Pelosi with a new letter to her Democratic colleagues, giving us a clue as to where stimulus talks are right now. Back in a minute.
5: What's on the horizon for financial markets?
2: Two big events today, Apple's iPhone event and Amazon's Prime Day begins. Both stocks up in the pre-market, and we know what an impact those will have on the overall indices. Talk more about that when we get the opening bell in about five minutes.
0: All right, we've got about three minutes, so we get started with trading here on a Tuesday. But let's squeeze in a mad dash. Royal Caribbean.
4: Yes, David. Now, the uh, people who trade at uh, Robinhood have certain stocks they really love. And one of the things they really, really, really love are the cruise ships. Uh, don't ask me why. It just seems to have captured their fancy. And that's Carnival, uh, obviously, uh, Royal Caribbean uh, and uh, Norwegian. Now, Royal Caribbean this morning takes advantage of the over exuberance of the Robinhood people and offers 500 million uh, in common stock and 500 million in a convertible note. And uh, just they are not they keep pushing back when they can sail. Now it's the end of November. I think it's been a pipe dream. They always say that the bookings are fantastic for next year. Well, why not? I mean, you can book for very little. But it turns out there's a vaccine. It's fantastic. So anyway, Royal Caribbean taking advantage of the overenthusiasm of the Robin Hood crowd to whack them.
0: Well, they're not the only ones, Jim. I mean, when I speak to portfolio managers these days, there's quite a few who are focused on front running Robin Hood traders, so to speak. Whether it be right. I mean, uh, oh, Apple's having a big meeting. It's probably <laughs> going to go up when they all find out about Let's that. Let's go buy some. F- fist Let's buy Apple last back. week. Oh, Amazon has prime Day, So the Robin Hooders uh, are going to be getting in on that. It's, it's 1984. It's working. I mean, it, I had one conversation with a, a veteran uh, fund manager this morning. He says it's like managing money in the old days before the quantitative funds. Isn't it something sort of and I had no, you know, before the quantitative fund started to dominate and it became so much more under, uh, difficult to understand what the heck was going I
4: know. on. I did last night instead of Ford versus Ferrari, which is a movie I like very much. Yeah, I did Ford versus GE and I talked about which one's going to race to 10. And I know that the next thing you know, these guys are all going to be like, hey, I think that the race is I think it's on Ford. No, it's on GE. David, they're place, placing bets like we're at Belmont.
0: Yeah. Then there's also the, the soft bank element. Rajiv Misra, of course, the guy who runs the Vision Fund, says we're not even a dolphin, let alone a whale. But you do wonder, there's a lot of, are the, are the Robinhood people doing a lot of this options buying, Jim? I mean, oh, yesterday it was a lot of short-dated stuff.
4: A lot of short-dated stuff. They, it didn't look like it was soft bank. Yeah. And Robinhood's gotten very quiet because of some issues that happened. But uh, the Robinhood crowds discovered options. And they are so enamored of them that I think they're determined to just become options traders and not common stock. Because there's not enough action, David. They need, they need DFS, we call it. D- DFS. Yeah, well, they need daily fantasy. Got it. Except for it's daily reality. Uh, if we need another $1,200 to go into these kids. And I thought sports is back. I thought this would end when that happened. They're all back. This form of sports is good. No COVID. Unlike the Titans. Carl. Aren't the Titans a disgrace? What the hell? Why doesn't the <laughs> NFL just say, okay, guys, you, you just lost the game? I'm obsessed with the Titans, Carl. I don't know why. Carl, I mean, the, the NFL yeah. has very little discipline to me.
2: Uh, you mean on the team level?
4: Well, I mean, shouldn't something gotta- happen to the Titans instead of just treating them like it's Coach Boone running it and we love them?
2: I mean, they've... Passed out two million in fines to coaches who wouldn't wear masks, but I guess yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what they're where they're coming from in terms of enforcement, Jim. Well, um, Jim, you mentioned um, you mentioned retail participation. Uh, Larry Fink had a lot to say about that this morning on Squawk Box. Yes, I tweeted out a chart this morning of household equity exposure versus ten-year uh, forward annualized returns. I mean, it's tough when households have a lot of stock. It's a tough forward grind on on stocks.
4: Well, look, I mean, I think people, they went through 2000, 2001, uh, 2007, thousand seven, eight, the flash crash, uh, the Chinese mini crash that we were all on, where the prices were impossible to find. And they just said that this asset class is just not reliable enough. Uh, now, against that, there's FANG. And you made a fortune FANG. You made a fortune. These younger people uh, did not see or experience the big disasters. They just look at it and say, you know what? I I love Facebook. Uh, Instagram's great. David, I'm going to buy some Facebook. Okay, you do that. Well, but that's the way they think it it is. It is. It's refreshing. You think it's refreshing? I think it's refreshing. Now, look, they buy workhorse and they buy They'll buy Tesla, you know, the price targets for Tesla are ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and if you criticize them, if you go on and you see something on Twitter that is negative about them, they, they're haters, okay? They want you to cheerlead. They don't want you to be critical. I mean, I was critical of uh, Nikola in the 50s. Yes, you David, were. David, they made me feel like I should have been positive. Right. Carl, right. well, the new thing here is that these are people who root – they root for stocks like they root for teams, okay? And when they're and they stay with their team, they are fans of stocks. I'm not kidding. And they want to own calls on the stocks that they're crazy about. I mean you'll see some things. You know what they love? They like oh, they like Okta. They love Fastly. Now, do they know what Fastly does? What they'd say to me is, how dare you ask? How dare you ask? Meaning, no, they don't, but Shut up, because Fastly goes up. David, don't smile. You know Fastly goes up. It does.
0: It goes up. You pointed it out. There it is up again today. By Look the at way, that. Apple yesterday, of course. That's up
4: 40 straight points. Shit, yeah, let's see that chart. It, it was at 40 straight points in like two months. Jim,
0: it's only up 545% for the year. Come on. It's nothing. It does, it does TikTok. It's only 5. It does the New York Times. By the way, TikTok. First time we mentioned it in weeks. We're still what? waiting. I guess we're waiting on that hearing. Right. So whether the, yeah. Right. Whether the injunction. I guess let's move on from TikTok. There's nothing new to say. But there's there.
4: Apple going down. Yeah.
0: All right. So Apple yesterday was up dramatically, up over six percent. Yeah. As we head into, of course, the big um, announcement today. Uh, now it's turned around a bit and it's down. Um, what did you make of that move yesterday? And by the way, we should note Prime Day today. Amazon up again. Uh, you know, before I get to Apple, Jim, Amazon has increased its fulfillment capacity by 50 percent. Yeah, that's year. incredible. The Think big, about that number.
4: The big worry is that can Amazon meet the demand of you know, Amazon? 50
0: percent in a ye- so far this year, the, their warehouse. This, just this, the fulfillment capacity of that. I mean, they're like but the you, army in World War II. Yeah, and that's a, they've ramped up. And, and they've uh, hired hundreds of thousands of workers. I know you don't ever hear about it. I mean, I don't I'm hear pretty a pretty lot good. about it. It's been monumental. I know. Uh, now you do hear about it because it's reflected in the fact the stock's up 86 percent. But Remember, year. there's
4: also all this other e-commerce, Walmart. Yeah. Target. I mean, that's why my travel trust bought UPS with Carol Tomei, there CEO. I mean, these companies, are they go up every single day that the whole complex goes up. Now, I, I, one of the most disappointing things today uh, is J&J, uh, because this one person is sick. And I hope that one person doesn't uh, comes out of it. But J&J does not make any money off the vaccines, everybody. They make money off their company. And I think people should recognize that drugs were really fantastic. Uh, the healthcare business of people, they don't use a lot of uh, e-commerce. They really need to get back in that channel. But it, it's, it's real good. But the pause, remember, is not a halt. It's an adverse effect. We hope they know something in the next couple of days. David, you yeah. know who was able to talk a stock up better than the Robinhood people? Who? Disney.
0: Yeah. Wait, wait, are we moving on from J&J already? Because I want to. Oh, Is it a favor report? No, no, no. But, Jim, you know, they have a similar um, delivery of the vaccine payload. They use the adenovirus to deliver the right. vaccine payload. Right. Again, I'm, I'm uh, no expert in this stuff, but that's what AstraZeneca also does. And so they had that a case of transverse myelitis. We don't know. what AstraZeneca Now they've resumed the AstraZeneca trials everywhere, but in the United States where right. they haven't.
4: We don't know, um,
0: and so there might be some concern there, Jim. If this is, we don't know what it is, but if this is another case of that, is it related somehow to the well, way that know. the, I mean, like you go the vaccine the payload is delivered? I, I try to
4: figure out whether it's the person. I said, is it the person with the did the person have the placebo? Well, uh, we don't know. So you're not getting any answers. I'm getting no answers. Yeah. Um, which you um, know, David, frankly, when you get no answers, you
0: feel great, right? So, we'll, but listen, we'll see because it. it worst case, it does. It, it 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 may be somewhat concerning in terms what's of more those two. Yeah, those two vaccines. Not the R- mRNA stuff. Not Pfizer and Moderna. Not what what's going the on there. You want to get the Moderna one? No. Why not? I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not focused on getting in a vaccine. Why not? The way you I got
4: I got rejected by J and J because mm. I got. I had a steroid shot in my arm. That was the end of that. But again, Jim, we are
0: going to get a Pfizer. Uh, we're probably going to get results from the Pfizer uh, trial. That could be before big. Before the end glad, of this month. Could be Glaxo any day. Remember, the
4: Glaxo Fe is really going to be big. Yeah. And yeah. people, it's you've got to be in these because otherwise, I mean, Mike, you go to J&J. I said, are you know, people in hot spots? Well, you don't have to worry about it because we've got hotspots all over again. They're back, the hot spots.
0: Yeah, no trouble finding uh, people to like France, potentially participate. India, 7
4: million people. Oh, look at that. We have a countdown to the Apple event. We do? Jeez. Oh. 23 minutes, 22. It's like, what, Cape Canaveral? Cape Canaveral.
0: Carl, are you going to be looking for any uh, new devices at that Apple event today?
2: Well, I see that Piper has this survey, David. Uh, 10% of iPhone owners say they will upgrade. So we'll see what that means in terms of unit sales. Interesting, Jim, you know, I've been making a list of uh, stay-at-home economy indicators Disney's part of it, just the commitment to streaming. But Ethan Allen, upside surprise, upside pre-announcement. William Sonoma resuming the buyback. Gartner says PC sales in the quarter, 10-year high. And now we got this piece in The Times that says July is the new January in terms of companies bringing workers back to the office. Microsoft, Ford, Target, and The New York Times just in the past week.
4: Well, I mean, I, I, that's true, but I also think that uh, there's a lot of uh, subjectivity of how many days you have to come in, uh, and you, that's why you still want your op- your home office is loved, uh, the snacking side is loved, the Peloton is loved. But today's a day where people just say, you know what, people are coming back, and, and I think there there has to be a recognition uh, that people may have more choice about whether to come back. They David, they may just say, you know what, I don't feel like coming in today. I'm gonna zoom it. I'm zooming in today instead of you.
0: Yeah, and nobody's nobody's going to have an issue with it. It's funny. I have heard from a number of more the more senior people at firms who are coming in. Their disappointment, frankly, that younger people are not. Right. Which is not what you'd expect. And I've heard this. You know, there are so many people here now. Uh, so few people, younger people, who could be learning and taking advantage of the fact that many of their colleagues, their peers, are not around to really learn even more and to make and to. Uh, Strengthen relationships with senior people, but they're not showing up. They're well, not I heard coming. one
4: this weekend, and it was really amazing. And they're the least oh, vulnerable, by I the had, way, to the virus. I one who said, listen, they're asymptomatic anyway. What's the problem? But that was the problem in the NFL. I, is, I think everyone in the Titans was asymptomatic. You, you know, um, Carl, but There
0: is a frustration, I guess, is what I'm saying, uh, Jim, amongst some senior managers at a, at a number of firms, names we know well, I won't name right. them all, that so few of their employees are coming to the office.
4: Well, I mean, what's amazing is you listen to Ed Bastian, Carl. And he's saying, well, we got to get, people have to go. It's not just the plane, but it's where they go when they get there. I know there's still a lot of quarantines. You're not sure where you can go. You can't, can't you don't know. But I think in the end, the people that you want to go see to clinch the deal, they don't want to see you. Particularly if you're from a hotspot. Yeah.
2: I thought, I thought Bastian's comment about. You know, 80 percent, basically saying the economy is an 80 percent economy of a pre-COVID economy is right in line with what AMC said uh, this morning in their AK. And that is since resuming U.S. operations, same theater attendance is down 85. Uh, (laughs) And you can see there more news from The Hollywood Reporter that they see cash uh, basically running out at the end of the year if
4: current trends persist. Well, I mean. As, as as everyone, I, I had a gathering I went to of twenty people this weekend, and there were people I didn't know. Some of the people and we were having a couple of cocktails, and all I could do was tell my wife, "We got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. I don't want to get sick." We then the next morning I woke up with a stomachache, and I said, "I'm sick. I have it. I have it. I'm giving it. To, I gave it to everyone. I got it from everyone." I, I mean, you know, there is still a sense that it's coming, David. It's coming, and all you want to do, David, is get it last.
0: Well, you've, if you've waited this long, you're in much better position, thankfully, than, than you would have been six months True. ago. Uh, but when I, close my, and everybody, and when I closed my
4: bar yesterday and we got a nice, I, I mothballed it. OK, mothballed because I am optimistic that a J&J, yes, a Pfizer will make it so that people can go to a bar. I refuse to give it up. Nice break and rent. Thank you very much. And um, I'm not I'm not going away, David. Good. I'm glad Coral, to hear we're going to have fun again and not just at Live Den, where I got a reservation, David, for my wife for her birthday. Good
0: for you. I'm glad to hear that, too. No, we are not going to uh, go to go away. Guys, r- we didn't really hit Disney. And it, it is worth Disney, just quickly
4: mentioning. What, what kind of segue is that? Den to Disney?
0: Uh, what, what do you want from me? I'm, I'm trying to work with you. I'm trying, but you're not giving me much. here.
4: Well, then wear a suit, and not jeans. <laughs> do you have to you have to out me. What do you mean by Strauss's, You
0: know, I took this. This is a a Ralph Lauren suit. It had no pants. I don't know where they went. I saw that
4: suit at Marshall's. Let's keep going. I I don't know where they went. Yeah. If
0: anybody's seen them, please let me know. Um, Marshall's. So I had to put on jeans. But Disney, guys, is up three, three and a half percent. You can see it there. Three point three percent, of course. Basically, uh, simply put, uh, the reorganization is taking place just simply showing how uh, important direct-to-consumer streaming is for the company uh, and all the different things that they're doing in terms of uh, um, new lines of reporting uh, and responsibilities. That's kind of the way to put it. Now, may, people may look at, oh, that letter from Third Point a week ago. and uh, Unclear. My experience indicates these kinds of changes that Disney told us about yesterday are many weeks, if not months, if not even longer in the making, Uh, And uh, likely no connection whatsoever to that third-point letter. But they'll take it, I'm sure. Stock's nicely up. Carl?
2: All right, guys. uh, We're red on on most of the major averages this morning. Let's get to Bob
1: Bassani. Hey, Bob. Forgive me. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hi. How you doing, Carl? Let's look at an intraday of tens. Now, we know we had inflation data on today, don't we? And it was generically as expected. But if you look at the charts, the long-dated Treasury started to give up ground on price and yield long before the data was released. Now we're down about a half a dozen basis points on the longer maturities. And if you open the chart up month to date, you can clearly see that we just haven't had the horsepower in a 10-year to close up into the 80s. And I think that's very important, especially considering all the data and information that's been coming out. And when you look overseas... The story is exactly the opposite. It isn't about the high side of yields. We're at minus 55 in a 10-year boom. Should they close there, it would be the lowest yield close since the 4th, the 4th of August. So over two months since we've been closing at these levels. And I think what it really is, of course, is the conversation that we're having right now. In many parts of the globe, certain aspects of the economy and new businesses that are opening up to deal in a corona uh, world are, are doing pretty well. But we're still not at 100%, and even though certain areas are more productive, considering how they've had to do the workaround, it just isn't 100%, and it's starting to show up in the numbers. Finally, let's look at what's going on with the foreign exchange side on the dollar index. If you look at the dollar index on a chart going back, What you see uh, for August is the end of August, we had a low established, a 27-month low, Uh, right around 92 and change. If you look at the high from September, uh, just shy of 95. We're hovering right around that midpoint right now, which means that foreign exchange has lost some of its mojo. Much of that, of course, is the euro currency, which was much more active. It settled down a bit as they're starting to deal with some of their debt issues and trying to put together a stimulus package. So for the moment, I wouldn't look for any major moves in foreign exchange, but I continue to pay very close attention to sovereign rates with regard to the downside of the equation. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much.
2: Take a quick break here. Uh, Markets are slightly red today. You got Apple and Amazon in the red. And of the four major earnings this morning, Delta City, JPM, BlackRock, only BlackRock is in the green. There's been a lot of data and commentary out of JPM's earnings. For more on that, let's get to Wilfred Frost. Morning, Wilf.
8: Good morning, Carl. Yeah, so uh, the headline is that they both had decent beats on the EPS line. Why? Because the provisions for bad loans came in lower than expected, significantly lower than last quarter, most importantly. The scale of the decrease, impressive, especially for JPMorgan, but it's the direction that's key. If last quarter does indeed mark the peak for provisions then the worst will be behind uh, the uh, banks. Trading and investment banking revenues remain strong, up comfortably year over year, albeit down quarter over quarter after a blowout first half of the year. On the flip side, net interest income down for both banks year over year due to lower rates, albeit only just lower for City, For JP Morgan, down 9% year over year. Here is Jamie Dimon, though, addressing both the topics of stimulus and back to work.
7: I wouldn't say that policy is determinative here because this is unprecedented times. And what we're saying is that policy will matter and will skew the odds in favor of a better outcome. So I think, you know, the policy, obviously the Fed's doing what it can to keep markets open, but the policy on the fiscal side is to have some kind of continuation of unemployment insurance and PPP. for and those, are, those are the two most vulnerable areas. So just maximize the chance that we'll have better outcomes. Getting back to work is a little bit important because you look at, cities and travel and a whole bunch of stuff, there are a lot of people who are under a lot of stress and strain who won't be able to survive another year of complete close-down. So the other policy is a nuanced, rational, thoughtful return to the office, done properly, which will help you know all those businesses support the big office towers and buildings and stuff like that, and, uh, um, and those two things will maximize the chance of good outcome.
8: Both shares were higher in the pre-market, now both lower. J.P. Morgan's call overall, I would say, neutral in tone. Uh, City's call starts in 10 minutes, guys.
2: Hey, Wilf, uh, just looking at some of the comments from Diamond. On the buyback specifically, I hope we'll be allowed to do it before the stock goes much higher.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, also, Jen Peepsack, the CFO, saying they'd like to be able to start in the first quarter if conditions and regulations, of course, uh, allow it. At the moment, they're restricted from, from doing so. I would say that Diamond overall, his tone was that uh, stimulus will give the best chance of a good outcome as opposed to stimulus being required for a good one. Uh, And with that in mind, uh, I got the impression that as long as the regulator allows them, they will start buying back stock as early as possible, which could be Q1. We know it won't be Q4. And as you said, he, he hopes that will be before the stock rallies. But it's kind of binary one one imagines uh, when they're allowed to again it will be because conditions have improved and then probably the share price will already be a bit higher than it is now
2: right All right jim what are your thoughts on that
4: i think it's a little uh kind of pretty optimistic a lot of people are long jp morgan they think it's a uh, the the best and the safest and they didn't get anything that's new so i don't know why it would necessarily go up if If there is no stimulus, I know there's a lot of people feel no matter who was elected, there'll be a stimulus. But uh, when I look at Citi, I mean, the trading was good and uh, fees were good, but traditional banking, not that good. I don't know why anyone would want to go. There's no hurry to buy these stocks. And I love Jamie Dimon's approach to life, which is to say, hey, listen, it's going to go up, so you got to get in it now. But, David, that no. it, what you need to see is that he buys a million shares, and maybe he is. Well, he's listen, he has been an aggressive buyer in the past of the stock
0: at certain points. He's obviously an incredibly wealthy man. One would imagine he's got the wherewithal to buy more should he choose to do so, but – it's not as though he hasn't put his money where his mouth is in the past.
4: Right. But I mean, he's saying that, listen, the train is leaving the station and he yeah. wants to be buying. I mean, well, I don't know. We'll take a ride on the Redding here. I mean, I'd, stocks just don't really. This, this is This ain't well. this ain't. The, I know NVIDIA, David. This isn't NVIDIA. No, this he's is. not Jensen Wong. OK, he's not. No. not Jensen. No, he's Jamie Dimon. Yes. From Queens.
0: I yes, he is, oh, geez, actually. Another Queens. Yes, another Queens boy. Yeah. Holy cow. There's yeah. a lot of us out there, for better or worse. Anyone from the Bronx? We'll take a break. Uh, cows down 100. Don't
4: go away. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. All right, so people ask me, why does this market keep going up? And I want to point to things like service now. This is a company that you use, I mean, out of the end room into the boardroom. But what, what they're basically saying is, uh, this is an, uh, a piece by RBC, that this company's doing incredibly well. You have to bring in the web. You have to bring in the cloud. You have to bring in Bill McDermott, used to be from SAP. And they've done these checks, and they say, listen, business is terrific uh, and you got to go buy. So what are you going to do? You going to sell that stock because of the stimulus? No stimulus? No. Service Now gives you service now, David. That when people yes. from the Robin Hood era, when you ask them what does Service Now do, what do they think? What do they say? It gives you
0: service now.
4: Bingo. Yeah. I mean, how can you beat that? You can't. Not service later. Not service before. Service now. Meanwhile, Jamie Diamond's talking about, like, someone one day will buy my stock. That's not a Robin Hood. Robin Hood wants action now. That's Friar Tuck is waiting for the stock to be able to, to be cheap. So, anyway, ServiceNow, they talk with partners, Carl, and they think that business is excellent. Wow. All right. How about tonight? Tonight I've got an outfit called Celsius. Very controversial. There's some shorts in there, uh, but a good drink. Uh, you had John Philly. This is a very interesting company because some people feel it's the next monster. Other people feel that what this guy—I uh, don't know—what's the what's the story here? Meaning they have uh, raised eyes, raised eyebrows, raised eyebrows.
2: Jim, we'll see you at six. I hate to Good leave. stuff. We covered a lot of leave. ground, and things are things are going to start to get busy. <laughs> you always hate to leave. We'll, we'll see you at 6 o'clock. Mad money, of course, right here on CNBC.
4: You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
2: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles.